Welcome along. Uh, my name is Pete Morgan. This is the Puppy Podcast. It is where we talk about the lives of our two dogs. Uh, four and a half year old, just over four and a half now. Uh, Lincoln, who's a golden Labrador, and 14 month old Elvis, who is a black Labrador. We do talk about Elvis more, mainly because, of course, he is the puppy. Or now, is he still a puppy? We can get into that. Um, he, he's, you know, he is the, the the reason we started the podcast. I share our experiences of having a, a puppy or a young dog in the house, and also a second dog as well. On top of that, it's where you can get involved. It's where, if you're a prospective puppy owner, or you're a a long time puppy owner, or a dog owner, or a dog lover can come together, share your experiences, the pains, the pleasures, the ups, the downs, and in the hope that we will all become better puppy and dog owners. You can get in touch if you want to ask a question, if you want to make a comment, if you want to post one of the pictures of your uh, dog or puppy, and we love to see those. Uh, you can do that on Facebook uh, at the Puppy Podcast page, on Instagram at the Puppy Podcast, on Twitter at Puppy Podcast. Uh, you can email us, thepuppypodcast at gmail.com. Also, of course, you can go to the website and listen back to any one of the 50-odd, this is episode 55, any of the episodes that we've had uh, that we've had in the past. That is thepuppypodcast.com. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you so much. Uh, if you found us on iTunes, uh, I really appreciate uh, a review and a, a rating. It pushes us up the uh, the, the rankings a little bit, uh, kind of gets us near to the top of the pile and gets more people aware of the Puppy Podcast. It, it, the, the whole podcast lives and dies on the uh, interaction from you so if you could do that that would be really really good um however you're listening to us uh whether you're at the dog park whether you're walking the dog whether you are just sat there with the dog whether you're getting ready for bed and the the dog is with you on the bed uh, i'm hoping you're with the dog at least hello welcome along i hope you well hope your week has been good uh and uh, i hope that your furry babies are doing okay uh we're at that time of the year when elvis is due his uh, kind of yearly jabs so we're going to be dealing with that uh, relatively soon um and i mentioned last week that we've encouraged or we've just allowed him to just bark if he wants to in the back garden because we've had some security issues um where we believe the house was going to be uh, burgled and we've uh, so we've just said well let's just let him bark because that will tell people that we have a dog and a dog that barks and makes a noise um, and uh, so we've allowed him to do that of course now he's allowed to do it he really doesn't do it anywhere near as much as he as he used to do which um is a little bit is a little bit disappointing. Um, also, he, the, there are some ways that I mean, Elvis and Lincoln are vastly different dogs in so many ways, not least age. Um, but and and uh, in other ways, Elvis is very loving and you know very loyal and really wants to be with you. Whereas Lincoln is quite independent and quite headstrong, and he just goes where he wants to go. And yeah, I know where you are. I'll 
come back to you at some point. You know, that's no problem at all. The other way that uh, he takes after him is with this. That's right. It's the snoring. Uh, <laughs> that was recorded by Joe uh, a few days ago. And he's just... hes uh, It's getting worse. You know, it's... Because uh, I, I, I was... I always thought that Lincoln was the anomaly in his snoring. He's a very loud, real buzzsaw snorer. Uh, but Elvis appears to be catching him up. And it is... It's... It's disconcerting, <laughs> disconcerting, and of course, quite distracting as well. If you're trying to watch the television and you've got something that sounds like a three-speed motorboat going off by the side of you, uh, it, it can distract you somewhat. Um, so yes, but they are uh, both of them are doing incredibly well. Lincoln uh, kind of playing the um, the emotional games uh, a little bit more. He's he's realised that he gets more loves by being more loving now because the, you know he's got to share some love. Uh, so he's kind of working out that well, okay, wait a minute. If I ask for the love, then I, then I'll get it. Uh, whereas in the past, he got it automatically. Um, so yeah, we'll come back to that because this uh, we had a I did something with Elvis for the first time in a long, long while, and the first time with any kind of degree of confidence so we'll we'll talk about that we'll get onto that in a little bit time now though of course for dark news um and we will start with uh, a story in the papers uh, this morning it's a new study that's come from the university of liverpool reckon that uh, if you are anxious you're far more likely to be bitten by a dog than if you are relaxed now I've I've never been bitten by a dog. I mean, El, both Elvis and Lincoln, when they were much younger, they would nip, and both of them will um, put my hand in their mouth. Uh, but you, they, I, I've never been bitten, and I you know I consider myself incredibly lucky in that. It's not something I want to go through. Um, you may have been. I was a newspaper boy as well for years. And never got bitten. I just knew the houses to avoid. Um, you know, so I, I consider myself very lucky. However, I know there are people like postal workers, for instance, uh, home deliverers, and those kind of trades where being bitten by a dog is a regular risk that you go through when you are approaching people's houses. Uh, but what this research is saying is that you shouldn't approach in a jittery, nervous way. If you're going to be walking up to uh, a front door or a house or a dog, you do it with a bit of swagger, uh, you know, a bit of self-confident swagger. It could be the best way. This is according to this. They did. Um, it, and what, what's interesting in this? I mean, there were 700 people um who took part in this research but this is the first study to suggest that people's personalities can influence dog attacks rather than um you know how you 
stand or um what what you're saying and and things like that so the 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 the, the dr um carrie westgarth who was the, the head of research said that reporting being less emotionally stable was associated with an increase increased frequency of dog bites um so uh, being neurotic well known to be linked to public health behaviors and outcomes perhaps then this aspect of personality may be linked to performing behaviors that provoke dog bites dog bite dog bite prevention schemes may need to target particular behaviors around dogs by different personality types uh, in the uk at the moment and these are obviously this is a uk study and i've only got uk figures 8.5 million dogs in the uk at the moment and every year just in england so the the 8.5 million dogs in the uk which obviously takes in uh, wales and scotland and northern ireland uh, but in england more than six and a half thousand people require hospital treatment for dog bite injuries every year and over the past five years fourteen and a half thousand dog attacks occur on uh, on postmen and women so that's an average of seven attacks a day and again the kennel club have weighed in on this saying that dog behavior was often driven by the way that humans behaved themselves when in the presence of animals and it, it's so true that the the dog and this is something bearing in mind if you're a relatively new dog owner or puppy owner that the dog responds to the atmosphere that it is in and the surroundings that it's in so for instance if when the doorbell goes or someone knocks on the front door or the phone rings if you kind of react straight away oh who's that at the door let's go and see who's at the door show and you kind of talk like that that gets the dog all excited I will confess, and we've talked about this in the past, Joe and myself are quite um, unsociable. You know, you know. so when the front door goes, we, the, the, our first thing is, who is this? But unless we're, I mean, if we're expecting guests, then that's lovely. But generally, who is this at the door? And we don't react to it straight away. And because of that, neither does Lincoln and neither does Elvis. Because they've seen that, listen, we're calm. We're okay, so you can be calm as well. There's no need to be, you know, barking and protecting because it's it's all all right. Of course, we've talked about this in the past about how to approach a dog, and the the best way of doing it, the first thing you should absolutely do is ask the owner. So I know we've been talking about post men and women here, but ask the owner if it's okay to approach the dog. If the dog is alone and you don't know them, it's best not to approach them. Just because you don't know, there is no way of gauging what their behaviour is going to be. Um, and the the other way, so if the, if you've spoken to the owner and said it's all right, and the owner said yeah yeah that's fine, what you do is you allow the dog to come to you. So you greet them. I find the best way of doing it is greeting them kind of side on, and allow them to approach you you keep your arms down make sure that you're non-threatening in your in your posture speak softly don't again people have this this habit and i'm guilty of it as well at times i'm going hello dead boy how are you and but again that's quite an agitated kind of thing you speak softly and quietly 
don't rush up to the dog, don't stand over them. Certainly, if you're meeting a strange dog for the first time, don't put your arms around them. Because that is a, a quite a, a difficult thing for a dog to understand and to comprehend because they feel that they feel too enclosed okay so and it's just those keeping those things in mind but it's interesting with that that study that you know if you're nervous then it might be uh you know you are more likely to be bitten by by a dog i don't know if you can hear it but elvis is barking so uh, and, uh, so uh, let me i'm just gonna see if i can call him in and we can I keep treats now by the side of where I record the podcast. Oh, he's here now. What are you doing? Are you causing problems? Sit down. Good boy. Okay, then. See, these have been very good. See how long it takes for Lincoln to have heard that gravy bone being snapped in half. Gentle. Gentle. Good boy. Good boy. There you go. No need for barking. No need for making a noise, is there? Is there, baby? No. No, there's not. You sit down there, or lie down there, while I talk to everyone and we talk, we carry on with the dog news. Uh, puppy news, of course, this weekend, so I'm recording this Friday the 2nd of February, this coming weekend in America, uh, it is the Super Bowl, but it is, of course, also the Puppy Bowl, um, hosted by Animal Planet. If you've never heard of this it is well worth tracking down basically it's a bone shaped field kind of mocked up like um an american football field and there is two teams team rough team fluff uh and you know they so um team rough have the green bandanas team fluff have the yellow bandanas it's all puppies and the idea is that um uh, they let them play and you just watch puppies play, and who doesn't like that? Um, and the idea is that the winning team is the one that uh, gets more toys up the other end of the field. <laughs> it's just, if, uh, genuinely, if you've never seen it before, it's one of the cutest, one most wonderful things uh, you've ever seen. So we just... You know, and, and apparently I was reading an interview the, the other day uh, with Simon Morris. He's the executive producer of the Puppy Bowl. And he said it came out of a conversation um, between Animal Planet and, and animal shelters. And they were saying, you know, it's much harder for them to find homes for those dogs versus puppies. So they've just been trying to, you know, trying to listen to that. So these, um, you know, these puppies just muck about. Uh, for a bit, it, genuinely, it is worth trying to track down. I don't know if it's going to be shown. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be shown in the US on Animal Planet on Saturday at 8 p.m. Uh, it might be worth, if you're in the UK, um, one of the Discovery Channels may have it on, or they may show it uh, a little bit um, after the fact. So, because obviously 8 p.m., uh, I'm guessing that is going to be... Uh, Pacific time, so kind of Californian time, which will be 8pm is about 4 o'clock in the morning um, here in the UK. So maybe not, maybe not that. But just keep an eye, it's called uh, the Puppy Bowl and it is wonderful and we love it. Uh, and that is uh, this week's dark news. 
Um, don't forget, anything you want to talk about, that is what we're here for. Happy to talk about it. Um, you know, whether it's how your dog got its name, how happy is your dog, uh, the things that they bark at. Um, I mean, Elvis, we, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. Elvis, almost any animal that appears on television, he will bark at. But it's even now moved on to um, if people are outside, that can kind of set him off uh, a little bit. And if it if there's anything animated, uh, he really he really doesn't like that. So for instance, I'm I uh, love playing on my PS4, uh, and currently I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origin, uh, which is set in ancient Egypt, and it's a huge gameplay map. To go through, and one of the ways you can do it is on a camel. Obviously, it's a virtual camel. It's you know, it's really nothing more than uh, pixels and bits and bytes. Uh, but um, it makes a noise as it's moving. They try and recreate the noise that a camel would make as it's taking you across the desert. And yeah, Elvis doesn't like that, so <laughs> he barks at this uh, at the camel in my uh, in my PS4 game. And every time I go, I don't know what you think is going on. I don't know if you think that, because goodness knows what he'd do if the camel kind of turned around and went, what are you barking at? I, I honestly don't know what he'd do with himself. Um, this week, well, uh, I did something that I've not done for a long time. I've certainly never done it on, on my own. And that is, I took Elvis for a walk and let him off the lead. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast all the way through... Then you will know we did this a few months ago where we let him off the lead and he, there's no other way of saying it, he took a woman out because he, he jumps up. He likes to jump up and, you know, we're trying to get him out of it for visitors that come to the house. But obviously if he's off the, uh, he's off the lead and running around the park, then there's not very much we can do about that. Um, and, and we took him to the park and it was a, a lovely sunny day. It must have been kind of September time. And um, he ran up to a woman. They weren't there with dogs. Ran up to a woman and jumped up. And this is, you know, he's three stone of dog. And this woman was pretty slight. And it kind of knocked her sideways. The husband swung his foot at Elvis. You know, cursed and shouted at me. Completely understandable because I would do the same if it was my wife. Um... You know, and I think a lot of it was a uh, was shock reaction. Elvis came back to us. You know, his recall is is really quite good um, if we're out and about. But um, that for me was like, okay, we cannot let him off the lead. Um, so I, I went back to the park uh, the other day, and uh, and we live next. I mean, this huge expanse uh, of park, and I let him off, and he was really pretty good to be honest i you know that if he sees another dog uh he, he the look in his eye changes a little bit uh you know it's because he's looking at you and he's checking in with you and are you there are you paying me attention and you know i want to know you're okay and then he gets that look in his eye of yeah forget you i'm gonna go off and play with that dog and he did that um a couple of times but what was good is that he came back when he was called. Because I let them, you know, it's foolish to stop him playing with dogs. Um, so I would kind of, you know, call over to him and 
you know, Elvis, Elvis, and then uh, I, one of the things, and you may do the same if you've got a young dog and you're letting them off the lead, is I make myself very big, which isn't that hard for, for me, but I, you know, as soon as he turns and looks my way, make myself very big, waving my arms about and giving the, you know, yay, yay, and making it very exciting to come back to me. Uh, and then when he comes back, I give him a treat, um, kind of three times, four times out of five. And then the the one time I don't, I just really fuss him and well done, good boy, and things like that. Um, and it was, I, and I deliberately took him to a place where there was a lake as well, and because he's a very different water dog to Lincoln. Lincoln likes to walk in. He's not that f- he likes being in water, but he's not that fond of swimming. Uh, but he does like being in water, whereas Elvis just wants to be in water. Happy to go swimming, swim as much as you like. And the the good thing is, swimming is, is easier on the joints, um, and it's kind of, it compounds their tiredness. So about 15 minutes of swimming is like an hour of walking uh, for a dog, or certainly for, for a Labrador. Uh, so that's worth bearing in mind. So I had treats, and there was a... Uh, we took like a Nerf football and I was throwing that in the lake for him and he was retrieving it. Unfortunately, he retrieved it and dropped it in um, this real kind of um, boggy mire patch, which I couldn't get to. So uh, that is where it stayed. So, <laughs> so, so somebody else has got that now. Um, but he was, you know, he played like that and did really well. Um, there was one slight incident where he disappeared from view. Um, because what I, if I'm walking them generally, I don't kind of watch them all the time because sometimes they'll stop and sniff and I walk past them and I don't kind of stop as well. I just carry on walking and just keep an ear out for their, um, their collar, you know, their tags on their collars clanking together. Um, and uh, so he, he was behind me and I heard him kind of rustling about and then a few seconds went by and I didn't hear any, I didn't hear his collar for a few seconds. And then way over to my left, I just heard someone go, Oi! <laughs> and I heard, Oi! And then I heard another dog barking, which wasn't Elvis. Then I heard Elvis barking. Uh, and then Elvis stopped barking, and then he came pelting out of some bushes. So I never found out what happened, because we were separated by trees and bushes and kind of uh, holly bushes and things like that, so I couldn't see what had gone on. I don't know who it was that he approached, but he, you know, uh, something had, had happened. I don't think he took anybody out. I think he was just being a little bit overplayful. And to be fair, the owner may have been saying oi to his own dog. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to console myself with at the moment. That yeah, yeah, yeah. It was somebody else's dog, but um, generally he was really good, and I was really proud of him. And uh, we're going to go back again um, this weekend. In some ways, it's better when the weather's bad, which it was when we went out, because it's then only the the dog walkers that are out. You don't have pleasure walkers when it's tipping down with rain, whereas other dog owners. They obviously go out in all kinds of weather, and that's fine, uh, you know, and I, I feel 
I feel more comfortable with that because we're all in the same boat. Where as soon as you get pleasure walkers or um, cyclists and things, those are people that may not be dog people. And that's that's why I like walking him, you know, going to the park in, in the bad weather. But he did really, really well. I was really proud of him. We're going to be doing it again um, this weekend. And, I mean, you know, we've still been kind of doing uh, block walks, street walks, urban walks, whatever you want to call them, on the lead. Um, and he's, he's okay with that. Um, we've walked both of them together uh, a couple of times. And really, the biggest problem you've got... Uh, there's two big problems. One is them crossing over. So you, you they basically kind of plait their leads together. Uh, or the other one is that they both like to sniff and they'll sniff whatever the other one has been sniffing. Um, and a couple of times, and it's happened with both of them, both Elvis and Lincoln. A couple of times, say, Lincoln has sniffed something and then Elvis goes to sniff it, but the reason Lincoln has stepped away from what he was sniffing is because he's going to mark it. So he's cocking his leg and he ends up just, you know, weeing on Elvis's head. It, it, it's only happened a couple of times, uh, but it has happened. Okay. Um, if you want to get in touch with the Puppy Podcast, please do. We're on Facebook, on the Puppy Podcast page, uh, on Twitter, at Puppy Podcast, on Instagram, at the Puppy Podcast. You can email us, thepuppypodcast at gmail.com, or go to the website and troll through any of the previous episodes. That's thepuppypodcast.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and all good podcast apps. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Monkey Pants production. I'll see you and your furry babies next week. <laughs>